Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan. You are listening to episode 131 of the Career Smarts podcast. Today we are talking to Lucy Simpkins from the YouTube channel English with Lucy. Lucy runs one of the biggest educational channels on YouTube and uh, not very long ago she hit 7 million subscribers. Now this is not the first time that we have Lucy on the show because we interviewed her uh, almost two years ago, she was one of my first guests, actually. And uh, back then, she was already doing very well on YouTube. I think she had about three and a half million subscribers, so half what she has now. Um, but she didn't really have a business. She didn't have a website. She wasn't really selling anything. Uh, she was just living off AdSense and some sponsorship deals. Now, lots of things have happened since the first time we talked. Uh, Lucy now is selling uh, digital courses, even physical products. She has a team. She has a huge mailing list, a website, of course. Um, so in this interview today, we're really going to talk about all the things that have changed and all the lessons that Lucy has learned over the last two years um yeah this is gonna be a fun interview so i hope you're gonna enjoy let's get started this is the create the smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey Lucy, welcome to the Creative Smarts Podcast. First of all, good to see you. Lovely to see you too. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> so the, yeah, so the first time we talked was two years ago and um, you were, I think, at three and a half million subscribers and now two years later... You just hit seven a while ago. I thought that's a good excuse to contact you and ask you for another interview. So thanks for thanks for doing this for 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 the podcast and the listeners, of course. I can't believe it was two years ago. Yeah, I, I think that was one or, of the or, first times we met, and actually we've done quite a bit together since then. So it's been that was a, a good first first meeting. I yeah, think. it was a good first move. Wow. So yeah. Lucy, first give us a little uh, recap of what happened, what you talked about uh, in the first interview. Maybe you don't remember, but I think we, we focused on the backstory, right? So how did Lucy go yes. from an English teacher without a YouTube channel to an English teacher with a really big YouTube channel? And then maybe today we can talk about what happened in the, over the last two years. Yes. Yeah. So a really quick recap is that I did a marketing degree. Um, and as part of that degree, I went over to Spain for a year to study in a university and to do a placement in a marketing agency. But it all went wrong. So I ended up falling into teaching just because I couldn't re-enroll in university for that year, fell in love with teaching and then saw a gap in the market for a YouTube channel. Other people were doing um, English teaching YouTube channels, but I felt I could put a little bit of a different spin on it. And um, yeah, it really quickly grew. And I can't believe we've just hit 7 million subscribers. That is just crazy. Um, and it's really, really interesting because I think that since we last spoke, that's actually where my business has uh, grown the most because I started to have a different mindset towards things. Um, with your help as well so wow keen to talk about it we got a live testimonial here didn't expect that (laughs) (laughs) so so tell us about that mindset shift it was just a before i was just going with the flow a little bit and i was really really focused on youtube growth 
Um, but what I realized quite quickly was on YouTube, I was providing kind of edutainment, as they call it, uh, useful videos that help a lot of people. But I didn't really have the opportunity to go any deeper. Um, and when I produced my first course, that's when I realized, hang on a minute, this is really, really interesting. It's interesting from a business point of view, but it's also really, really lovely to go deeper with the students and to, to bring them from A to B. Yeah. Um, which is some my my YouTube videos have no order. I use it as a kind of fill the gap sort of a process or approach uh, where the students identify where they're lacking and then watch the right video. Mm. Um, whereas with a course, you're taking them on a bit of a journey, um, and that's what I'm really excited about at the moment. Yeah, I kind of imagine that YouTube can be very addictive, right? Especially in the beginning, you're growing very fast, so you just want to do more of what's working, of course. So better yeah. youtube videos you increase and you know you're getting your adsense revenue maybe some sponsorships deals here and there you know you don't have a website but it doesn't really matter because you're comfortable you can do what you're good at and you're gaining tons of traction um, yeah and i was very happy i i was really happy with the money i was making from youtube on just ad revenue and sponsorships alone um it was already more than i could ever have envisioned myself making um at that age um so i was very comfortable because I don't think I'm a particularly greedy person I think so yeah I didn't really feel the need to try and make more but actually the more more money you make the more you can do to help more people and you can also improve your lifestyle at the same time and and you can also feel a bit more secure mm. how has your life changed since you started English with Lucy has My it life- changed a lot well, yes, because I was a student when I started it. So, but my, it's funny because I just feel like a completely different person. I was so young back then. I was 21 when I started the channel. I was at university in London. Um, I'd say that probably most 27-year-olds feel very different to how they were when they were 21. But yeah, my life has changed massively. I mean, I'm married now. <laughs> Got married since I last spoke to you. Have a house, have a dog. It's all yeah, it's all we've good. enjoyed you on your honeymoon. Yes. <laughs> Is that a bit sad? <laughs> we um, postponed the wedding a couple of times because of COVID. And yeah. then we had this opportunity to go on one of your masterminds. And so we kind of planned our honeymoon around the mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll never forget that. That was uh, quite an honor yeah, to be part of that. Um, Lucy, t- t- tell us a bit more about, because you said you spotted a gap in the marketplace. What exactly was that gap? And I guess what everybody wants to know, and maybe you covered it in the first interview I did with you. How do you manage to grow the channel so fast at the beginning? Because in just a few years, you already had millions of subscribers. What, what, can you recap that? Yes. So firstly, the gap in the market I spotted um, was, so there were a lot of excellent, excellent English teachers uh, on YouTube, but some of them were kind of treating the camera as if it were a classroom rather than that one-on-one experience. That's what I've always thought of it as. Um, so I was watching vloggers like Zoella and beauty people. And I, I wanted to kind of have that look, but also teach English mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Sounds strange. Um, I wanted to make English like a little bit, little bit glamorous. Um, and I think if I go back and watch some of my first videos, I was definitely trying to do that far too much. Now I feel much more comfortable in my own skin, <laughs> not trying to be anyone apart from myself. Um, 
when it came to growth, I didn't realize it at the time, but very uh, from very early on, I started to take quite a data-driven approach. I was really looking at the analytics um, and working out. It, my first click moment was when I saw an older video go viral. Mm. And it really confused me because I hadn't post. I was taking a break over my exams and suddenly my views went up. And that's when I really started to understand or attempt to understand the algorithm. So it also made me realize that I'm absolutely not in control. Um, I can do things to help and to improve my chances. But at the end of the day, it is an algorithm. So that made me want to put eggs in other baskets, i.e. with the courses and and kind of having my own website and my own email list so that anything ever happened to that social media platform, I still can contact my students Mm. and offer them lessons in another way. Uh, Yeah, growth was through learning what the algorithm liked um, and also balancing it with what my current subscribers like because making a video that will get recommended by the algorithm will bring in new people but what's the point of bringing in a load of new subscribers if they're then going to be disengaged? Um, so it's about balancing, bringing things in, getting your videos recommended, keeping those current subscribers happy um, by posting videos that you know are going to perform crazy well, uh, but are going to please those existing subscribers. And then also posting just things that I like to post every now and again, just to keep me sane. Little yeah. passion project as well. Yeah, what are some of the things that you've learned about YouTube that you're doing differently nowadays compared to uh, five or six years ago when you started? Um, I definitely am looking at, before I used to just focus on the title. I used to think mm. the title was the most important thing. Now it's not about that. It's about getting the right kind of, it's a vibe <laughs> of a video and then watching how it performs per 48 hours. So I'm not looking at a video um, that will go viral immediately and then flatline. I'd rather have a video that gets, you know, 20,000 views per 48 hours for the rest of its life with the occasional boost. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this Black Friday, I had one video that was, it It was called Three Languages, no, it wasn't, it was called One Language, Three Accents. And it was a comparison of Australian English, American English and British English with two other big YouTubers. I know you've spoken to Vanessa. Mm. She was in it and also Emma from English. So Vanessa was from Speak English with Vanessa. And that video went crazy. But over Black Friday weekend, I don't know what happened to it, but it just got tens of millions of views. And um, I showed you the graph of revenue. It was crazy. Yeah. So I think what I do now is I look at, yeah, definitely views as on a like an ongoing basis like to create evergreen videos so you go back to youtube analytics and then you look at what videos are getting the most amount of views within 48 hours and then you try to to do more of that yes i also look at other people's channels mm. and i use uh vidiq has a good feature with the views per hour yeah um and so if a video is performing really well or i see a video that's got loads and loads of views um, I'll check the views per hour to see if it was a one-time thing and it's no longer performing well, it's no longer a trend, or if it's still getting loads of mm. views now. And then I might think of taking some inspiration from that. Yeah. Um, another thing that I'm doing now is realizing that it's not all about YouTube growth because I might have 7 million subscribers, uh, but I would think I'd be a terrible teacher if all 7 million of those were still hanging on to my every word after six years. 
because hopefully they would have learned something by now and maybe not need me as much. So I, I like to think of it that I probably, I imagine that 10% or 10 to 15% of those viewers are still active. Um, I also am now really focused on getting emails from people. So every video has a lead magnet. Um, we create a, like a free PDF that goes with each lesson and an exercise as well. Uh, and people can sign up to receive those each week. Yeah. That, which is really nice. That, that was really good because that was also, you know, something that you shared in, in our Inner Circle community. And some people started applying that same strategy and they saw a huge boost in the number of subscribers that they were getting, of email subscribers that they were getting on a daily basis. Well, it's great. Yeah. It's great because you're also providing so much value as well. So it's a really nice way. Instead of just one ebook, which I know works, um, that kind of helps everyone, this creates real engagement with your videos because they know that they're getting the PDF and they can do the exercise as well. And it just adds this layer of interactivity that mm -hmm. videos don't otherwise have. Yeah. What are some of the, so the video idea is important, right? But what, what are some of the ideas that, seem to be working well at the moment in your niche is it like english teacher reacts to like reaction videos or more like you know five things you should not say or dismiss everybody's making this mistake don't make it <laughs> is it <laughs> unfortunately is, you see a trend or like a pattern yes um stop saying videos perform really well um i don't i haven't been making many recently because i just Sometimes they don't necessarily sit so well with me. I do have some that I posted a couple of years ago that do still perform really well. Mm -hmm. uh, accent comparison videos and vocabulary, kind of dialect comparison um, videos, they work really well. So they work especially well if you can get other YouTubers to do them with you, um, which is quite fun as well. So I've done a couple now. I did one with Bob the Canadian and Rachel's English. So she's uh, from the US and he's Canadian obviously with Emma and Vanessa. And I did another, which was comparing Australian English and New Zealand English. And that was really fun. So, and Indian English as well with Ambu. And um, yeah, I'd like to do more of those. They are a logistical nightmare, yeah, especially in COVID because you're all in different areas and um, filming them separately. So you don't necessarily have the reactions. So I have to pause them when they're not speaking and things like that. Yeah. Um, but they do well. Um, at the moment, I'm just really, really enjoying doing high quality grammar videos um, and they seem to be performing quite well. So I'm they're never they're not viral videos, but not every video has to be a viral video. But the engagement and the kind of the sign ups to the lead magnet from those videos mm. as well is really increased. Yeah. So maybe so, you, so maybe you do not get millions and millions of views, but at least you get very highly qualified traffic and which eventually become the leads. Yes, yeah, because of course I'm not completely relying on ad revenue anymore. That's just a nice bonus, really. Um, I want an ongoing relationship with my viewers. I want them to be there every week receiving the PDFs. Yeah. Um, Tell us a bit yeah. about the video creation process. Do you write the script yourself? Do you have script writers? Um, do, you do you batch batch record videos? So I always used to uh, record the script myself. Recently, um, we've taken on a handful of teachers uh, who I give them the concept. Uh, they create the general lesson and then so it's all fact checked and everything. And then I make it my own. Um, so I've only done that 
with kind of five videos so far but it's mm. taken such a weight off my shoulder because you've got to look at where your talent lies and I don't think I'm a particularly talented scriptwriter. I think I'm good at taking something difficult and communicating it in, an, in a clear and understandable way um, and also hopefully I like to think that I make it entertaining as well um, but there are much there's just some teachers that are so skilled at writing these lessons and taking the most important points of a topic and put it into there so why try and do it myself in a mediocre way if I can pay someone to do it in a really good way yeah. um so we're doing that and I batch film uh I use now a an editing company um and they a guy called Ed runs it you know Ed don't you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah a company called La Perfection. He's absolutely fantastic at editing um, and I do pay a premium for it, but then he manages all the editors himself. So when I get the video, it's at a stage where it's nearly ready to go. Yeah. Um, and then I do have a couple of editor, other editors for emergencies as well. Um, if I suddenly have something that I need doing, then mm. they're on hand. So how big is the English with Lucy team nowadays? See, I always find the word team really... I, I know that creators love talking about their team, <laughs> but... I have a team of freelancers, so no one is full-time employed. Apart yeah. from, big, big change, I now work with my husband, Will. So he's joined the company. So, yeah. But I'd like to say that we work together. I wouldn't say that I employ him. Um, <laughs> but that's been amazing because, again, it's about focusing on where your skills are. And Will's much better at people than I am. Um, so he's good at managing people and I'm at the moment training him up to be able to respond to customer service and to be able to manage the lesson writing process and help me organize filming days and things like that and it's just really lovely to have someone with me as well doing it all. So quite a few so, things have happened since the last time we talked I mean on the podcast. Yeah massively <laughs> massively I never had really hired anyone before apart from an accountant um but no, we ha I'd say the team of freelancers, but yeah. probably eight or nine of us now, probably nine, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, we, we have a, an inner circle community where we meet every now and then. Yeah. What are some of the mistakes that you, that you made during the last few years that you would like to share today here so that other people don't make the same mistakes? Um, that you are comfortable sharing here on the podcast, of yeah. course, if there are any. Um, yes. So massive mistake I made uh, was I didn't trust myself enough. I know that sounds wishy-washy, but I really did think that I wouldn't be able to do things alone. So I went in on my first course with my management company yeah. um, and they had a cut of that. And eventually what happened was that I wanted to take control myself and... I also didn't like have, you know, not owning 100% of my business. And it was quite an expensive mistake to make because I then had to buy them out. Um, but it ended amicably and we worked together still. I would just rather have not had to spend that much money and all of the legal fees as well. Um, so that was definitely a mistake. If I had my time again, I would have done it differently. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's a huge regret. I'm just really happy where I am now working with Will. Uh, other mistakes I've made. Uh, I think I got too hung up on the algorithm um, and that I wasn't focusing on the quality of my videos. At some point I was focusing on making them go viral 
And since I've taken a step back and have started focusing on making a great PDF that really helps the students with ex exercises as well, uh, going into kind of more necessary topics rather than just a stop saying video, let's look at this difficult grammar point. I've got so much more satisfaction of that and it's bringing in much higher quality leads. Yeah. So you have a huge following. You're building a mailing list now, which is also huge, by the way. Um, so what, what are the next steps? Mm. Oh, so many steps. Um, we have a goal. So we have only a couple of products at the moment. So we have a pronunciation course and a couple of mini courses as well. Our goal is to do something bigger. Uh, because at the moment, out of this whole mailing list and this big group of subscribers and students, um, only a fraction of them really want to improve their RP pronunciation. Mm. Uh, but I think a lot of them want to improve their general English. So I would like to get out more products that will help more students at different price points as well. That's our goal. Um, and we've we've got started with it. So we went on this mastermind and that's where we really spoke through all everything we wanted to do and got got our ideas in order and then we went on our honeymoon and we spoke about it so much <laughs> um it probably should have been more romantic <laughs> but it was romantic because it was exciting it was talking about the future business and, honeymoon. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> you should try <laughs> um but yeah from then i guess yeah, I just think, watch this space. I think it's going to be really interesting. Maybe I can come on in two years' time again and we can review. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did I just invite myself? <laughs> yeah, I, I put it in my agenda. So don't be surprised if in two years from now I reset. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you also launched a, a planner, a study planner, right? How, yes. how was that? Like launching a phys physical product in the language learning space is that something that you that you just wanted to do? Is that something that you would rec recommend to other, you know, fellow language teachers? Uh, tell us about that experience. How did that go? So it started off as merch. I always used to get approached by merch companies to stick my name on a T-shirt and sell it. Um, but that was never something that I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to make highly customized merchandise. I was thinking, you know, idiom of the day calendars or sticky notes with flashcards and things like that. I wanted to make things that would be genuine tools that would help students. Um, so it started off as a, you know, like a word of the day calendar, but with idioms. I thought that would be really cool for, to learn an idiom of the day. Um, but it ended up being so thick and fat um, <laughs> that we decided to split it down into three. And then I had the idea, uh, into four, sorry, three months bundles. Um, and then I had the idea of making it into a language planner and a vocab diary. So every day they could write down the vocab they've acquired, they get their daily idioms, we have monthly language boosters, habit trackers. I ended up just falling into the world of planners and mm. seeing how can I apply this to language learning. And it was great. We had so much fun creating it. Um, the issue was Brexit, unfortunately. So we started the project, I think, in June last year and we released them. I think we released them in February. It took a long time to design mm. them. Um, but in January, uh, the UK left the EU and no one was really certain about how customs charges would work and delivery fees. And we were selling a planner for 16.99 and to ship it to Italy, it was 13 pounds. Wow. Packaging. Really? Yeah, we, because we were covering the customs charges 
so that the student didn't have yeah. the receiver didn't have to pay them and it just made it so that only realistically only a super fan is going to pay 13 pounds postage and packaging so that did affect it it was a shame um we did sell out and we did reprint um i'm kind of looking at the figures now and thinking am i going to reprint i'm not sure um until i would do it again in the future if we could make shipping um reasonable because the profit margins on printed goods are low so i could make a 90 percent profit margin on a course um but I think the profit margin on the planners was like 20% or something like that. That Don't quote me on that because I don't, I'd have to look at it. But I remember being shocked that it was so low. Um, but then again, I loved it because it was a non-competing product. Hmm. How, it was, um, mm-hmm. how did you create a planner? Like you, you do a, you partner up with the company or because it's yes, quite a bit I of did. work, right? It needs to be designed, it needs to be printed, it needs to be shipped. How, how does it yes. work? I partnered up with a company called Push Entertainment. Um, They do a lot of quite specific product development for creators and also companies like World of Warcraft and Mm. things like that. Um, They were excellent to work with. They have an in-house team of designers who really brought it to life. Uh, Realistically, I would not have been able to handle the shipping and the storage myself. I would have just been sitting here surrounded by books. yeah, so I think if someone was going to start doing something like that, I would highly recommend them partnering with the right company. And I would absolutely recommend Push. They were really, really good. Um, yeah, I know there are lots of merch companies out there and some that I don't hear great things about. Uh, but they just allowed me to customize it so much myself because it's not just putting your name on something that's print print to order. Yeah. It's uh, print on demand, sorry. Yeah, it, um, it was a great experience. I loved the books. Um, the feedback from the students was amazing. I loved seeing them post their Instagram stories, filling it in. It's just a shame about Brexit. Yeah, wrong timing. <laughs> but, I mean, your students had a nice product. So yeah. you, you at least made them happy. And uh, I'm wondering, what does what your working day look like nowadays? Like, you, you batch records once per month, I guess? Um, what do you do the rest of the time and how do you divide your time between content creation and business? Is it really only one day per month content creation and the rest is all building courses? Uh, I don't know, you have lots of customer service. Do you have somebody to do your customer service, by the way, because you must receive a lot of email. Uh, At the moment, Will and I are doing it together. We're in the process of hiring a VA, but we want to build up kind of response templates and things like that we want to to really understand what Mm. it's like first Mm. before we then hand it off confidently to someone else yeah um yeah i i'm not i'm not ready to let go of that yet because it's it's not actually too overwhelming it's only taking us an hour a day really um i would say I, i work quite efficiently i'm not the kind of hustle grind kind of person that gets up at six and you know goes to the gym and stuff we we live in the countryside we take a lot of time to do exercise and go on walks and things like that and we just break up our day so we're definitely not the most productive team ever but I think we're really really good at managing the time we have so I do one filming day per month usually but there there's always the occasional oh sponsor needs refilming or they want a reel as well so we'll do that um 
a lot of the time is spent managing the teachers that yeah. need like guidance on planning the lessons. Yeah. A hell of a lot of it is going through training at the moment. So mm. we're going through a funnels course by uh, data-driven marketing, um, learning just how to optimize our checkout page and our sales page. And yeah, it's been really, really interesting to go through that. So that's mm. been taking up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, we're going through some training on writing emails so we can make sure that our emails are really good. Um, we're hopefully starting some training on uh, curriculum design so we can make sure that our next product is, our next course just is amazing. We want to do it once and we want to do it really, really well. So we're really keen on investing at the moment um, and speaking to other experts, which is also always something I shied away from before. I wanted to just do it myself, make my own mistakes. And now that kind of I've started participating in the Creator Smarts community and attending these um, masterminds, it's just made me realise that it was so silly of me to not Yeah, what, what was holding and, you back to stay in your shell? And, and I mean, uh, you've not... so many things. You've been very open, I mean, since I know you, but you told me that before you used to be very... Uh, um, well, in your in your own world, sounds maybe a bit negative, but not reaching no, out no, to, true. to 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 not connecting to 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 other people in the space and trying to do everything a, by yourself. Yeah, I had a couple of bad experiences, and it kind of put me off sharing too much. Um, mm. A couple of experiences where you feel like you give a lot and they take a lot, but they don't give anything back, mm. and a couple where you share data or you share things and then it's eventually used against you. There were some mm. nasty situations. Um, but I've realized now that I, I'm just much more confident in general. Mm. Um, I'm not doubting everything I say. I'm a little bit more careful sometimes. Um, and I've just learned how willing everyone is to share. And to share information like at the masterminds, it, it just blew my mind that people were like, yeah, here's my figures. Here's how much I sold. I think you could do this to improve this. It was just amazing. <laughs> and then I felt... I felt really confident to then share my yeah, trick as well yeah, yeah. and to realize it's not about competition. Um, there's enough to go around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you manage your attention? Seven million subscribers on YouTube. You have a second channel with a few hundred thousand subscribers. You have a big Instagram account. Um, you have your customer support, your email, of course. You get, I don't know how many, how many messages do you, do you get per day? Let me just ask you, do, do you know that? Have you ever, have you ever counted that? I don't know. But sometimes if we take our finger off the pulse, um, they'll be, we'll open up to thousands in our inbox. Um, but a lot of it's filtering because mm. a lot of the um, emails we receive could just be a YouTube comment. It's just someone yeah. wanting to message. So I would say I probably get 50 messages, messages a day just saying, hello, thanks for your videos, oh. which is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad they like them. Um, I'm, I don't think I've nailed managing my time yet. So Instagram just doesn't do it for me. I like sharing the occasional story. Um, I've never really seen the returns on it um, that I see from YouTube. Um, even getting that it's such an insular platform because whenever you open a link, it opens within Instagram's own browser. So there aren't any cookies. It's hard to track. Oh, I find it really, really irritating. Um, my personal channel, that's a passion project. Yes, we make money from it, but we don't depend on that. Um, when I feel like uploading a vlog, I upload a vlog. Um, but also, it can take over your life. So I, I started doing weekly vlogs. 
yeah. and then every time I was enjoying a moment I felt like I had to have my camera out so mm. we're not losing anything by not doing it as often we just enjoy doing it when we feel like it yeah I guess the question I wanted to ask is how do you manage your attention like do you sometimes put your phone in airplane mode or are you, are you okay like the way oh. it's now? yes so I'm really hot on using the I don't know what you call it but there's a little moon I think it's like night mode or yeah, something. Night mode, yeah. Silent mode. yeah so that comes on um until seven so I don't get woken up by any emails because you know customer service never stops because people are in different time zones hmm. um and it goes off in the evening quite early as well um I often whenever I go on a dog walk I never bring my phone with me or anything like that yeah. um if I'm with Will um for us customer service comes first so replying to all of the course inquiries and the course emails um and then youtube is a second pri is second priority and then sponsorships after that i don't f i don't feel that it's that hard at the moment because we have two of us when it was me on my own i felt that it it was quite overwhelming i think yeah. we could always be doing more and it kind of goes through waves so black friday was flat out we didn't stop And we released a little mini product and creating that and getting that done. That was a really busy week. But then you have light weeks as well. So I'm having a I think this week's going to be a quite a light week, mm -hmm. hopefully. <laughs> I think in the beginning of your career, you also talked about uh, depression that you had a long time ago. Mm. Yeah. You still have those <laughs> still have those complaints or are you mentally no. healthier nowadays? And how do you how do you get that? How do you develop that, that new mindset? Um, I think one massive thing uh, was that we were on a farm before and it was really, even though I just didn't, I wasn't in control basically is, is what I'll say about that. Um, the farm came first and so it was really, really hard to balance things around that. Um, we're so happy now that we're kind of have a bit more independence as well. Um, Yeah, uh, I did get really low back in the day. I have been to therapy as well. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know many entrepreneurs who do that. It's actually yeah. very healthy. I mean, I've never done it before, oh, but I can't imagine that. So what did you learn from that? It was amazing. So I went to therapy initially because of a couple of things. One was about people pleasing. So I was brought up by my lovely mother, who's wonderful, but to never... Uh, hurt other people's feelings and the issue is you just can't do that to scale mm. so I wanted everyone to like me um you grow on YouTube like that you can't have everyone like you people are naturally not going to like you as well and people are going to get the wrong end of the stick and the wrong idea about you I found that really hard to deal with um so people pleasing was definitely I mean like getting out of my management contract as well that was about people pleasing I'd put that off for a long time because I liked my manager. I cared about him. I wanted him to leave the situation feeling like he he wasn't disappointed as well. How much time um, did it take to... No, continue. No, no. Now, I wanted to ask how much time did it take for you to to shift your mindset there? Is it a matter of a therapy session and it's, and it's done or is it something, a process no. that takes years? Um, it took me about six months, I think, of therapy sessions to feel that I was done with therapy for then. I might I might do it again in the future. Um, I don't know, but it was amazing. And the therapist I used, she was really focused on people pleasing. And that's why I approached her. And she was great. Um, 
So it was maybe not necessarily a, a creator or a YouTube problem. It was more more general, like the idea that you had to to please people. That could also have happened in a like a traditional business context. Yeah, I think had I been in a an office environment, I probably would be trying to please everyone in the office as well. Um, I mean, I even saw it with my friendships as well, where I'd end up being quite fake because I was trying to be the right person for each person. So I might be more, I might be louder with this person. I might be quieter and more serious with this person. And it ended up being impossible to maintain that. So just trying to be myself and to ex- accept that I'm not going to be some people's cup of tea was really good. Obviously, sometimes I <laughs> struggle with it still, but it's good. Have you ever found it challenging to deal with all the attention that you're getting from YouTube, especially early on in, in your career? Um, I found it really hard to get criticism. So um, a couple of years ago, I think it was about a year and a half ago, um, I was called out for a couple of videos that I had made, which I never make videos like that now, but I did back then. And uh, I found that really, really hard to deal with because a lot of other teachers in the industry sort of jumped on it. And I, I got a bit of imposter syndrome as well because I'm very aware that the, that I'm not the most qualified linguist or English teacher in the world yet for some reason I have one of the largest channels in the world at the moment so I can understand why people might be a bit pissed off about that um but it was about kind of distancing myself from that because I was feeling guilty (laughs) um but yeah I I feel feel good I feel really really good about it now yeah so how do you overcome that is that a matter of just talking about it with with other creators, for example, or not necessarily? I spoke to a hell of a lot of creators. So before that happened, I was more shut off. And after it happened, that's when I started reaching out to my critics just to see see their point of view, uh, to other creators to see how they handle it. And it's so funny how everyone's advice is so, so different. Um, but one thing that my therapist really helped me do was kind of distance myself from other people's feelings in a way you can still be empathetic um, but if they don't like something but I still agree that that I I think what I did was fine then then that's okay Um, and also I was just I think I was a little bit worried about being cancelled or whatever and I've just if that happens or like if something like that happens I've been through it once I got through it I'm ready for it the next time so yeah I just feel more prepared emotionally. I can imagine that we have many listeners, you know, and they they watch English with Lucy. Maybe they have a YouTube channel themselves as well. And they think like, well, I hope one day I can become Lucy or I can, you know, become so successful. Do you have any tips for like smaller creators who are kind of struggling to to gain traction? Um, Yeah, what what are some of the tips that you would have given your, the earlier, younger version of yourself? Uh, I would say start as you mean to go on. So when my channel was smaller, I had a much more engaged audience. It was so nice to go on my videos and recognize names. I'd say really appreciate that when you have it and start building an email list where as soon as you can, email lists are, are, are expensive. So we use ConvertKit and it's it's expensive. I think you use it as well, don't you? You, yeah, so especially if you have hundreds of thousands of female subscribers, yeah, you pay quite a lot every month. 
I couldn't believe it. I thought emails are meant to be free. I can't believe I'm paying <laughs> to send emails. Um, but hosting data is expensive. Um, but yeah, try and start collecting things now. Build build up a community. Um, and definitely before you release anything to the public, uh, consider, will I be proud of this in a couple of years time? Um, and if the answer is no, maybe reconsider because it was some of my older videos that came back to bite me. Uh, on the bum and I, I wish I hadn't made them uh, there was one where I compared northern and southern accents um, in just a really bad way I just I don't know what was wrong with me in that video I just I didn't understand the north-south divide like and, and how people with northern accents can feel when compared to southern accents and I watched the video back now and I just think ah oh, I bet that made so many people feel rubbish so yeah be mindful about what you're posting um and one big tip is even if you feel like a small creator and that no one cares about who you are or where you are please protect your security and your privacy it's so hard to wipe an address or wipe an email address or wipe your mobile number from the internet it's prevention is better than cure that's one thing if you if you're talking about growth i would just say really get hot on your analytics look at what's working, look at what's not working um, and make the necessary changes. Mm. What can we do to stay mentally healthy? Um, I think I feel like the blanket response at the moment is if you think you need therapy, go to therapy. But therapy is bloody expensive. I could I only now do I feel like I can afford therapy. Um, I don't think two years ago I would have paid for it because it didn't feel you know, that's a lot of money per hour. And you think, am I actually going to benefit from it? Um, if you can afford therapy, then something maybe. Else, yeah. And, and if you can't afford them, maybe just like you did, come out of your shell and then mm. talk to other creators and to, to share. Yeah. That's a massive thing. Um, and I would say one of my biggest things as well is talking to other, to other creators and going off their recommendations. If I need a an editor if I'm interested in doing some sort of training or a course I don't google it anymore I go to the like the creator smarts well I'm always posting on there the forums and things like that the Facebook groups and I'll post it there first because um word of mouth recommendations have just time and time again proven themselves to be the best yeah all right well thank you Lucy for being so open with us today thanks and, for having um, me yeah, we're definitely going to catch up with you in two years from now. So that's uh, that's yeah. my agenda, at least. <laughs> um, anything else you want to you want to share here? Um, oh, I caught me off guard. No, I guess the one thing I would share is um, how amazing during lockdowns, masterminds, and things like that have been. Like having a, a good support network of people who are in the same situation as you that's been a game changer for me so consider it hello it's john here and i hope that you enjoyed this episode if you did then could you please leave a positive review in your podcast app have you already done that if not then please do because that's going to help us to grow the podcast and uh, get access to more influential people like lucy and um 
yeah, that means more interesting interviews and more lessons, more things that we can learn from them, right? Now, you heard Lucy talk about the Inner Circle and uh, the Mastermind event that we uh, annually, that we organize once per year. If you would like to be part of it, the Inner Circle is for YouTubers with over 200,000 subscribers. If you're not quite there yet, but you have started in YouTube and you do have some traction and you are ambitious, um, very soon we're going to launch an accelerator program for people like you. And the only way to find out about this is to sign up for our newsletter at creatorsmarts.com. So if you don't have a huge audience yet, but you have started, you do have traction, you are ambitious, go to creatorsmarts.com, sign up for the newsletter, and we might invite you for our accelerator program. More information about that later, okay? All right, well, that was uh, that was it for this week's sponsor, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is us, and uh, I hope that you have a great rest of the day and looking forward to meeting you in the next week's episode. Bye-bye.